Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes meeting weekly for a rugged outdoor workout and a real-world devotion around a fire. We're flipping tires, swinging sledgehammers, talking about real struggles, and getting pushed physically and spiritually to become the husbands, fathers, and leaders God designed us to be. We'll get you out of isolation, out of your comfort zone, and into something tribal, rugged, and real. Welcome to the Men's Alliance Podcast. I'm Dave Mills Goose, and with me today, we got Brett Hamilton, call sign Pedals. It's a great story on that, by the way. Welcome, Pedals. What's up? And uh, really excited to have our uh, special guest today. We've got Chief Stark, AJ Stark, Chief of Police for Hopewell. Hello, everyone. So welcome to the show. It's great having both of you guys here. We got our Hopewell team. So Pedals started Zulu Tribe. How long ago was that? Uh, what was it? April. April of uh, 22. Okay. Yes, wow. This, yeah. this has been a big year. Yeah. It feels like you guys have been going for like two years. It, it feels like it's some days we've been out there a while. But, tell, yeah. tell the listeners just a little bit about Zulu Tribe and your church and your community. Uh, so we're part of uh, the Beacon Hill Church. Um, we're right there pretty pretty much the center of Hopewell and uh we have fortunate enough to have a little field right there beside the church and we're able to do our workout right there get a good view of the river and uh right now we probably average uh six to ten guys a week you right guys there. are waterfront property yeah you can especially right now with no leaves on the trees you can see that water just as pretty as can be yeah, that's a beautiful yeah. spot that's uh so um yeah, we're pretty fortunate to have that spot and the uh the open space right now. So and I got a group of faithful guys, man. They're they're uh we're pretty tight knit, mm-hmm. pretty close, communicate all week. Uh um we have group me, but most of us see each other and call each other and, and talk to each other That's during great. the week. So it's uh it's a good group. That's yeah. awesome. And you guys are Monday night, right? Monday nights at seven. Monday and, night uh, at seven right across the street from Beacon Hill Church. If you're in Hopewell, yes, sir. Go check out Zulu tribe. Awesome. All right. So, uh, chief Stark, it's just good having you today. Before we started recording today, we were already talking about the importance of relationships and you were sharing a little bit about the relationships that brought you to where you are today, uh, professionally. And, uh, just wanted to just have you share a little bit of your testimony, your story, start with just kind of where, where you grew up and, uh, and how you got to wearing this uniform today. Well, I'm excited to do that. Thank you for having me here. But, uh, before I do that, I just want to say to Brett, you know, it was just an honor to meet you and, and I'm just really blessed by the opportunity, you know, for us to sit down and have a conversation and it does my heart. I'm really warm to hear, you know, how you have connected with other men, you know, with the Zulu tribe and, and how you guys are strengthening each other. Uh, encouraging each other, staying in contact with each other. Uh, Because I think for so many years as men, that was an area that we overlooked. You know, we were so busy trying to be men. You know, we thought being men was how strong we were, how tall we were, how tough we are. Um, But being able to be with like-minded men and and understand that we all have struggles and we all have challenges. So I just, again, want to encourage you to keep up the good work and great job. Thank you. So, Goose, thank you for having me. Um, I would tell you that 
I feel like I'm homegrown. You know, right now I'm the chief of Hopewell. Um, but I would tell you that, you know, I've been in law enforcement for 31 years. But as a young man growing up, my parents were divorced when I was very young. And, um, you know, you ask me, I'm, I'm going to tell you. you Great. Know, parents being divorced. Yep. Um, being that kid that had a dad on one side of the town and mom on the other side, both of them mm. loved me, but um, just feeling like you're always in the middle. Um, so I kind of grew up knowing that I didn't want to be in the middle, that I wanted to um, be able to do some things to give back to the community as a man. So when I graduated Matoka High School, I knew that I wanted a career in law enforcement, but I wasn't old enough. Mm. So I went into the Army. That's crazy. Not not old enough for law enforcement, but old enough for war. <laughs> and, I, you know, it really is when you think about it that yeah. way. But uh, law enforcement was an attraction to me because I grew up always a part of a team, you know, whether it was the baseball team, football team, um, always being in the huddle, you know, with the guys, um, understanding that everyone has a position to play in order for the play to work. Everyone needs to know their position. And that's kind of how I view law enforcement. You know, regardless of what your position is in the department, everybody has a, a role to play. So when I was going through the military, you know, four years of active duty, um, I really enjoyed that experience. I grew as a result of that experience, but I knew that I wanted to be a Chesterfield County police officer. Nice. That was one thing I knew. I wanted to come back home to the community that I grew up in and I wanted to serve. And, um, and I was blessed to do that. But I got to tell you, we talk about, you know, the men's alliance and, and men helping men and strengthening each other. Um, I had a good friend of mine uh, that did not go in the military, but we grew up together. And uh, his name was John Mayo. I'll call his name out. <laughs> and what's interesting about uh, Mr. Mayo is he also wanted to be a law enforcement officer. And while I was in the military, John had tried. Um, one time he took the test and he was not successful. He didn't pass. So when I came home from the military, he was ready to take the test for the second time. And um, I was working two jobs. I was working as an assistant manager for Rite Aid during the day. And I was loading and unloading trucks for UPS at night. Mm -hmm. That's where I was, you know, um, but I knew I wanted to be in law enforcement while I was doing that. So when the day came to take the test, my good friend, John called me and said, Hey man, you ready? But I had worked the night before loading and unloading trucks. And I had to go to work that day as an assistant manager and work all day. And I said, no, I think I'm going to skip this one. You know, I've got to go to work today. And he said, no, man, you got to go. You know, we've been looking forward to this. He said, I failed the last time, but I'm going to pass this time. And I was still tired, you know, thinking I'm probably not going to get chosen. And, uh, and I was a little weak at the time. You know, I wasn't planning to go. And John pushed me. He encouraged. He said, look, I'm on my way. I'm coming to get you. And uh, be ready when I get there. I'll drive. You just ride. Mm. Good friend. He, yeah. showed, he showed up. And I uh, got in the passenger seat. We went to L.C. Bird High School. This was in 1990. Okay. And um, there were 700 people in the gymnasium. Wow. Testing to be a police officer. And I remember the announcement being made that there's only 30 positions available. Wow. And I looked at John. I said, see, man, I told you, <laughs> you know, they're not going to pick us. He said, oh, no, we got this. We got this. So we sit down to take the written test that Saturday morning with 700 other people. And, um, and I'm not really feeling very encouraged at the time. You know, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm taking the test. I'm going through the motion, but I'm really just not feeling it. 
And uh, we finished the test. We went to Burger King to have lunch because that was part of the plan. You have lunch, you come back in a couple hours and they'll have your test scores posted. So the entire time we're eating lunch, my good friend is saying that, um, yeah, man, I, I, I know I passed this time. What about you? I said, well, I'm not sure. So we go back and, uh, and I share the story because, you know, John is a Christian man himself and, and um, we're good friends. We grew up in high school together, but he didn't pass. You know, he looked at the score at the uh, bulletin board and he said, dog it, I failed again. <laughs> so me riding with him, I said, all right, that's all I need to hear. I'm riding with you. Let's go. He said, no, no, no. You know, what, what's your last four? So I give it to him and he was much taller than me. So he was able to look over the crowd mm-hmm. and look at the bulletin board. And he says, you pass. So now I'm feeling guilty because I passed and my good friend who encouraged me to be here did not. And he continued to encourage me. So that day we had to take the physical agility test, push-ups, sit-ups, mile and a half run. And what I want the listeners to know is that through that entire experience of being on that gymnasium floor doing push-ups, the loudest voice in the gym was, that's it, that's it, keep pushing, keep pushing, don't quit, keep pushing, keep pushing, that's it. When I flipped over on my back to do the sit-ups, that same voice was echoing through the gym. That's my dog. Keep going. Keep going. Don't quit. Don't quit. That's it. Knock them out. Knock them out. One more. One more. When we went outside to do the mile and a half run, you know, just coming off active duty, I'm in the best shape of my life. And uh, that was probably the easiest part of the test that day mm-hmm. was just running. And while I'm running, I'm thinking and meditating and and I'm running. But on my way back to, to the finish line, I could hear that voice again, encouraging me to push, push, push. And it was that friend. And uh, the Lord blessed me to become a Chesterfield police officer that day. And even though my friend was not successful at passing the test, he continued to encourage me through my career. Wow. And um, and I share that with listeners today because, you know, I really believe when God has a plan for you, sometimes we don't see it. You know, we don't understand it. Um, but it's important to be faithful, to walk it out. And it's important, you know, and I look at you again, uh, Petals, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing with the Zulu tribe because you're encouraging each other. You know, you never know when there's another man that's going through this, maybe feeling like, you know, maybe I'm just going through the motion. I have no hope. I have no chance. But we're there to encourage each other. And, uh, yeah. and you know, so look at me now, 31 years later, you know, I've had a, a very blessed career in law enforcement. Um, spent 30 years with Chesterfield County Police Department. I love Chesterfield County. I love that police department. But what I didn't realize during the course of that 30 years is God was preparing me for an assignment. Wow. That assignment happens to be in Hopewell. Yeah. If you had asked me 28 years ago, you know, into my career, I, I, I didn't see it at the time. But just staying faithful and, and continuing to walk in my calling um, I'm truly blessed to have the opportunity to serve the citizens of Hopewell. And, wow. um, you know, Goose, I was telling you before we started this podcast, you know, one of the things that really um, pulls on my heart and honestly it hurts is when I hear someone say, you know, the chief is not from Hopewell you know, <laughs> or the chief, you know, he, he doesn't care about Hopewell. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I lay awake at night, you know, thinking what can I do better you know, in my role to serve the citizens of Hopewell, to strengthen the police department, to strengthen the relationships in the community. And that's really where my heart is. You know, I told you, coming here this morning, 
I'm excited to wake up. I'm excited to wake up and put on this uniform, not because it's the uniform, but because of the opportunity um, to bridge new relationships, the opportunity to stand in that gap, the opportunity to make it better. And that's really what motivates me at this stage of my career is just wanting to bridge that gap with our community, uh, to show the hearts of law enforcement that we really do care about our community. And it takes all of us, you know, to have a safer community. For sure. You know, those, the themes that you just hit on there with your buddy, what was his, what was his last name? Mayo? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, that encouragement that he was giving you, that's such a major theme, right? In men's Alliance. And, um, you know, we call that iron sharpening iron. Yes. Right. And it takes, it takes that guy and we all need a guy like that in our life. Yes. That, it doesn't take much, right? You don't have to be a, um, a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. All it takes is the presence of yes. another man right beside of you. Yes. Just, just that even sometimes I'll push myself. Like I went to alpha tribe last night and, um, man, there is no way I would have done that workout by myself. If I was working out in my garage, it would have been a third of what mm-hmm. I did last night. And it's just because you got a buddy beside of you who's doing it. And then especially when they say those encouraging words, Absolutely. right? Well, um, a thing I love about men's Alliance is we have this culture of encouragement where we don't, we don't use a lot of sarcasm to try to pull each other down. You know, we use a lot of encouragement to lift each other up saying stuff like your buddy Mayo was doing, That's right? right? Like, come on, man, you got this That's right. one more, man, that, that just fires up most guys. And, and it really, in my mind, I, I picture it, um, it takes men and it gets us off the sideline, right? Like you got a buddy like that saying something to you. In my mind, I picture a guy getting up off the bench, fastening his chin strap That's right. and getting into the game. Cause you know, you got that kind of encouragement. You got that kind of brotherhood around you. So man, I just love um, hear, hearing stories about how um, encouragement from another man pushes us. And, and in your case, it, it launched you. It It launched you into what has become your 31 year career so far. Yes. That's awesome. Um, One of the things I just wanted to ask you is give us as, as men in the community, give us a picture of, of what you see going on with, with men in our communities. Um, And and what do you see from your, from your perspective uh, going on with men that we need to be doing um, better. And, 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 and also another part of that is areas where, where we're doing well. Yes. Well, again, you ask me, I I tell you, you know, from the AJ perspective of what I see going on, um, we have to be present. We have to be present. Um, right now, I don't feel that holistically men are present. You know, if we look across our communities, um, we see a lot of young males with no role models, with uh, without having that male figure in their life to guide. Um, a lot of the households are led by women. Yeah, you know? women are standing in the gap. Yep. in many cases where men should be standing. Um, we whether you go into the middle schools or high schools, um, a lot of the challenges that the male students are facing. Um, you make a phone call, and it's a woman that shows up. You know, it's mom or it's the aunt. What's the grandmother? Um, and don't get me wrong, women are doing a magnificent job. But when you ask me, what are some things that we can do better? I believe, you know, in the, in the community, men have to be present. Um, 
we have to be leaders of our household. You know, we have to be leaders in our community and we have to be present. We have to be consistent. You know, it's not one thing just to show up to coach the team and then go back to being comfortable yeah. and, and, and let the kids figure it out. Uh, we have to be consistent, uh, consistently there, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And I believe that's, you know, leading to a lot of the challenges that we're facing um, with our male, you know, our young men, you know, today in the community. Oh, yeah. You know, there's probably so many reasons for that. You know, you think about like, what is causing that? Um, and I'm sure it's, it's a, you know, dozens of different answers for different men, different scenarios. But one that I, I feel keeps men on the sideline a lot is we, we buy into this lie. We buy into this lie that we are not qualified, that we're not good enough, right? That we're like, well, I would, but so-and-so is better equipped or so-and-so's, you know, he's better at this sort of thing. And, and we start like selling ourselves short. And I believe, you know, from my, my Christian worldview is that's a lie from, from the enemy. That is from Satan telling, uh, telling men like, Hey, you've got so many, uh, sins in your past. You've got so many past failures. You're not qualified to lead anymore. You need to just sit down and keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And I tell you, you know, God has placed on my heart that God uses what we may think is something bad that's happened in our past or a challenge that we face. God uses that um, to lead. Yeah. God uses that message or, or that experience in us um, to, to share. You know, I, I go back to teaching Sunday school. I remember the first time I was asked um, to help with Sunday school, I was terrified. I was mm -hmm. terrified. I didn't feel that I was worthy to call myself a Sunday school teacher. Right. You know, that's the first, I am not a Sunday school teacher, but you know, what I learned through that experience was, was God, as you get into the scripture, God uses the experiences that we have been through in our life to manifest and, and to educate and to share. And what's really interesting about scripture is, you know, you can read that scripture and, 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 and based on your life experience, you know, God leads you in a certain message or a certain direction, you know, pedals, you look at the same scripture and based on your experience, something else comes out. And then I come along and look at it and then we start to share. And it's all of those experiences together that God uses to carry his message. You yeah. Know? So I agree with you, Goose. You know, I think that's one of the drawbacks is we feel that we're not worthy or we feel that we're not qualified. And hopefully what Men's Alliance is doing is showing us all that there are, we're not perfect. You know, yeah. we all have fallen short. Um, but just by being true to God and trusting God and, and revealing our hearts and, and really submitting, you know, to God, God will use us to uplift others, to make the community better and hopefully uh, to help some of those young men out there that are confused. Yeah. And the irony is it's that it's those past uh, mistakes that we've made that enable us yes. to, you know, they're, they're not, it's like, we're not able to lead in spite of those things. We're able to lead because of those things. Right. Yes. Like we can relate. And, and you, you know, you look through like um, through all the men in the old Testament, right. They all had huge mistakes and then, um, and, and then you look, of course, in the rearview mirror and you see like, that was all part of God's plan. You know, he brought me through that stuff so that then I could be in a position later to turn around and help others who are struggling with similar things. So that's such an important thing. 
No, on that goose, I just touch on, you know, the short time that I've been a police chief, you know, I, I look at a lot of the uh, folks I work with and I smile and I say, okay, you know, I have another story. And mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it's through all those years of experience, things that have happened in my life um, that sometimes when challenges come up in our department, you were able to lean on those experiences and, and remember what got you through or, or how you were able to navigate or simply give a comforting word to let others know that, you know, you're going to be okay. You can get through this, you know, mm-hmm. others have gotten through and you will as also. So it's those experiences that really help to uh, propel us. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> you're bringing up so many themes, right? So many themes about men's Alliance that we talk about regularly around the fire one of them hanging right above, right up on the wall, right behind pedals right now says isolation is terminal, right? And we talk uh, regularly about um, men need to get out of isolation. Um, they need to get off their laptops. They need to find that community of other men and get outdoors and spend just one hour a week in this, in this community where you unplug uh, from social media, you put away your phone, Um, all the comforts that come with living indoors in 2022 and, and you get outside and you, you get outside your comfort zone physically, relationally and and spiritually. Um, How have you seen friendships specifically like male friendships? How have you seen those um, be game changers for people or the the absence of them uh, be game changers for people? Is that something you've noticed throughout your time? It is. And uh, I like to challenge those around me uh, to get out of our comfort zone. You know, if you ever notice, you walk into a room of police officers um, and, and I saw this. We were working with Virginia State University on a project uh, with the students and it was law enforcement and, and college students. And the first night we walked into the room and you saw all the college students on one side of the room and all the police officers on the other side of the room. Sounds like a middle school dance, you know, but, but that's, everyone goes to their comfort zone, you know, just within the last couple of months, we were doing active shooter training in Hopewell and uh, at Hopewell high school. And uh, we had uh, the sheriff's department there. We had the fire department there. We had Hopewell police officers there. And the first morning I showed up, all the Hopewell police officers were sitting at one table all the Hopewell firefighters are sitting at another table. All the sheriff deputies are sitting. We instinctively go to our comfort zone. And, you know, so we started the morning off with everyone getting up and, and sitting at a different table. Yeah. You know, and by the end of the day, you know, you look back and you start realizing that we've had conversations with people that I may not have had a conversation with, you know, had I not gotten out of my comfort zone. And we start learning about each other. We start learning that we have a lot in common or, or the things that we don't know about each other, um, take us to another level, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just say for the community, it's no different. You know, uh, the challenge is for us to get out of our comfort zone because when we all just stay where we're comfortable, we don't grow, you know, we, we hear the same theme. We're all singing on the same, you know, same tone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important, you know, in order for us to really grow, to, you know, Brett coming to sit to my office to sit down and talk for a few minutes, you know, um, that was huge, you know, because we met at Trunk or Treat, you know, in the parking lot. It's one thing to say, hi, how are you doing? And then move on and never see each other again. But to continue that conversation and, and now this morning we're sitting here together again, um, that's how we grow our community. 
and we get to know each other. It's yeah. stepping out of that comfort zone, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. I think there's some uh, some parallels too between getting out of your comfort zone physically, like you're talking about, like being physically on different sides of the room mm-hmm. and things like that. And when you make your when you make yourself physically walk somewhere, whether it's outdoors for a workout or just across a room to where you physically would be more comfortable on the other side with, with people uh, that you know and are familiar with. When you make yourself do that physically, it enables you to then take the step out of your comfort zone in other areas, like relationally or spiritually. I think there's a connection there uh, between the physical and the spiritual. And when we stay in a comfort zone in one area, it just it just makes it harder and harder to get out of it in other areas. Well, you know, another word that comes to mind for me is vulnerable. You know, oh yeah, we have to as men understand it's okay to be vulnerable. You know, in order for us to grow, sometimes we have to put ourselves in a position to be vulnerable. In other words, we always want to be in control. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be in control of of the conversation. We want to be in control of, and sometimes it's okay just to. Say, you know, I really don't know a lot about this, but I'm willing to learn. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, I heard you guys talking about it. I don't know anything about it. Maybe you can help me. It's kind of like men's alliance, you know, not Mm -hmm. knowing a lot about men's alliance, but putting yourself in position to want to know more, you know, and then you start to realize like, wait a minute, you know, I get it. I truly understand. You know, this is powerful. You know, men helping men, iron sharpening iron. Um, But what if we don't? allow ourselves to be vulnerable, all the missed opportunities, and we miss out on being able to give back and, and help. But I think being vulnerable is is necessary in leadership. Oh, so true. So one of our, you know, our motto is tribal, rugged, real. Um, the real part, right, is exactly what you're talking about. We always say that uh, Men's Alliance is not the kind of group where you say fine when somebody asks you how you're doing. Right. You got to be you got to be real. You got to be honest about what you're you're struggling with and how your week was and, and what your day is like. And then you just reminded me of like an important leadership lesson that I learned from the Air Force, too. Uh, when I was a brand new second lieutenant, I got some great advice on leadership. Um, and it was it was never pretend that, you know, something that you don't. Wow. Right. Like if I mean, and I remember this tech sergeant um, telling me this. And uh, he was talking to a whole group of us right before we commissioned. We were all cadets. And he was just saying, like, you're going to work with guys that you're going to technically, you're going to be their boss. You're going to technically be their superior. But they're the subject matter experts, right? And he was just saying, you know, don't ever pretend that you know something. Just like that vulnerability, just being like, hey, I don't understand this piece of equipment. Why don't you tell me about it? You're the expert with this. Uh, inform me, teach me about this thing. Absolutely. I feel like that's a, um, you know, that's kind of a trait that maybe, and maybe I'm wrong here. It seems to be kind of, uh, out of, out of fashion right now, that level of vulnerability. Like I see, like there's this, there's a lot of people who are feel the need to pretend that they do know everything. Well, I, I can tell you personally, um, I'm, I'm the opposite, you know, whether it's with my officers or members of the department, you know, I find myself daily uh, going to staff and and saying, you know, I don't understand, or, you know, it's been a long time since I've, you know, can you walk me through or can you show me? You know, I love getting in the car with a police officer 
Um, I'm like a kid again, you know, mm-hmm. even though I've been in, in law enforcement for 31 years, um, I recognize that they're doing it every day and, and things have changed, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of those changes, um, I didn't read the memo, you mm-hmm. know, so, you know, being vulnerable and saying, hey, I may wear the title as chief, but I need you to show me, you know, how do we do that? Or, and they take pride and but I, I also think they respect the fact that you're honest with them. That's right. Because if you don't know, they, they know you don't know, you know, so I think, you know, when you're you're vulnerable, you're you're honest with them. Um, real recognizes real. You know, yeah. I call it real talk. You know, mm-hmm. real talk is you don't try to dress it up. You don't try to make it sound a certain way. Um, you just be real with it. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, freshen up our coffees, and then we'll be right back with more from Chief Stark. Hey, this is Dusty Shadow Parker. I just wanted to take a break here and tell y'all, help us reach more men. We cannot sharpen men into the husbands, fathers, and leaders that God designed us to be without your financial support. Your donations enable us to launch and sustain tribes at more churches and reach more men with the gospel of Christ. Men's Alliance is a 501c3 nonprofit so your financial support is tax deductible. Go to mensalliancetribe.com slash support to join our team. Now go refill up your coffee and enjoy the rest of this podcast. Okay, welcome back. We're here with uh, Petals, who is being very silent today, and he's leaned really far from his mic, uh, and, uh, and Chief Stark. And so... Chief Stark was just talking right before the break about the the need for vulnerability. And we were discussing how it's so important that men do not pretend that they have it all together. Just be honest about it when you don't. And that got me to thinking about in men's Alliance, like every week when we do a workout, it it's not the fittest guy in the group that needs to lead that workout. Right. And I think that's like that little bit of a obstacle for a lot of men to get over. They feel like I'm not qualified to lead because I'm not as fit as this guy or that guy. They should be the ones leading, right? We're always talking about like, you don't have to be the fittest guy to lead the workout. Um, And then you apply that spiritually, right? Guys that don't want to lead the devotion. They're like, oh, I'm not qualified. So-and-so should lead that. This guy should lead that, right? You don't have to be the fittest spiritually to lead a devotion. You just be honest about yeah. what you're struggling with and just deal with it. Have you noticed this, Pedals? Yes, sir, definitely. Um, when Zulu first started, uh, one of the things I was told uh, was, well, how can you let that guy lead a devotion? Mm. You know? And uh, I was like, well, what do you mean? Well, he's got this going on, this going on, and that going on. I'm like, man, that's who I want leading that devotion. <laughs> yes. Because you know? he's real. That's right. He's got it going on. And, and what can other guys learn from him? You know, he's got it going on, but he's still trusting in God. Mm-hmm. He's still believing in God and he's still leaning on God to get him through. So what can other guys learn from him? That's what I want, you know, and we're going to stay in, you know, we're going to stay. Jesus is the way, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to stay there. But I want those guys leading devotions because everyone else has things going on and they might be scared to let it out. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. It's like, we've got to get over this, this, uh, voice 
telling us that we're not qualified, right? Because there's nobody qualified. Nobody's nobody's qualified. Nobody's perfect. We're all sinners. Um, nobody. Everybody has somebody out there that's stronger and faster than they are. Everybody has somebody out there that's more mature spiritually than they are. And we just got to accept that and get over ourselves and lead anyway. Yes. And I think as we do that, um, probably the hardest area for a man to lead is to lead his family spiritually. That, in my experience, that is the hardest one. I'm so much more comfortable leading a devotion with a whole group of men, right, than I am with my wife and kids. And it's because I know I know exactly why, right? It's because they know all my flaws, right? They've seen the worst of me. They know all the the uh, the, the the real imperfections about me, and so you can't lead your family spiritually from a position of pretense. Like you got to get real really right. fast in order to lead them, and you got to approach it just like you would that, you know, senior sergeant that's the subject matter expert you the way you would go into that conversation of hey this is an area where i'm not very good at it could you help me right you you got to approach the same same way right like hey guys um i've messed up a lot i'm not perfect right but here's something that i was reading this week from a devotion that i wanted to share with you guys and you you go into leading your family spiritually from that kind of a, a perspective instead of like a, yes, you know what I mean. I'm 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 trying not to interrupt, but I'm so excited with what you're saying because, uh, you know, in my family, you know, my oldest daughter is 34, and then I have a 29 year old in the Air Force, and a son just turned 28 yesterday in the Air Force, and then our youngest is will be 18 in January. You know, so the youngest is 18. Uh, so I want to talk about the 18-year-old a little bit because he's a senior in high school mm -hmm. and he's involved in a lot of activities, you know, and, and um, but one of the things that happen with life is things are moving so fast. Dad has a schedule. Mom has a schedule. 18-year-old has a schedule. And we found ourselves not sitting at the table together. Oh, yeah. Because of our schedules. And when, as dad, you sit down with your family and you talk about why you think it's important and not speaking from a position of authority or not, but just saying how much it means. And, and, and you see the look on your family's face when they hear from you. And, and, and I guess what I'm trying to say here, Goose, is that you're exactly right. You know, it is tough leading our families. Um, but if we think back to some of the conversations we've had with our kids, um, when we make ourselves vulnerable with the kids and yep. we, we explain to them, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I want to talk about something. And then we start to open the door for them to talk and we mm -hmm. hear from them. Um, that is so valuable. And I think that is missed often because as men, we think we're supposed to always have the answer. Mm -hmm. We think we're supposed to start the conversation, carry the conversation, have all the answers in the conversation. And that's really not what our family is looking for. Um, they just want us to be real with them and be vulnerable with them, you know, um, whether it's talking to our wife about, you know, something in our marriage, you know, Oh yeah, that's, that can be tough depending on what the topic is sometimes. Um, but then after we have those conversations, it feels so good. Oh yeah. It feels so good afterwards. And you look at each other and say, I'm glad we had this talk, you know, imagine if we didn't have this talk, 
you know, what we would be feeling right now. Oh, man. You know, so uh, you're exactly right. You know, you know, you were talking about when you get in the um, when you get in a police car with a younger a younger uh, LEO and you said they know that you don't know. That's right. Right. And I think that's so true as as dads like they already know areas that we don't know. Right. And so when you are vulnerable like that and you say, Hey, I'm not good at this thing, or I've struggled with this thing, or in my past, I failed at this thing. When you start off like that, first of all, they already knew that, right? So you're not surprising anybody, but what you're doing is you're actually putting yourself in a position now where they want to listen to you. And that's what I think, you know, more dads need to understand more husbands need to understand. Well, I want to speak to the men out there in the listening audience that, um, Maybe you've gone through a period where there's a little uh, break in communication with your kids. You know, maybe something happened or maybe the conversations are not happening as frequently as they used to happen. Um, I want to speak to those listeners because um, I'm that guy that experienced that. You know, I have two boys that are in the Air Force and, um, you know, I won't get into the details of what led to it, but there was some miscommunication, mm-hmm. you know, um, being a man that grew up, um, their mom and I got divorced when they were younger, um, but I was always present, you know, I was always the coach on the team and always present with the kids. So I thought, Mm. so I thought in my mind, I'm a great dad, you know, in my mind, I'm doing the best I can and Mm -hmm. that's good enough. And it wasn't until, you know, they became adults and I I go down to Tampa, Florida um, this past summer and I'm sitting out on the patio I'm with one of the boys and and he and his wife, they bought their first house and I'm so proud of them. And, you know, he started a family and we're sitting there and we had a real conversation and back to that vulnerability, you know, he shared some things that he had been, that built up in him. And that was a moment that I will always remember. And, and I say to those listeners that are listening today, um, again, I haven't always did things the right way, but when I look back, when we trust God uh, and and ask God to lead us, um, it makes it okay because God gives us the strength um, to make ourselves vulnerable, to put ourselves in position to hear those that we need to hear from. And uh, in talking to one of my sons, we had a real conversation and uh, he gave me the biggest hug. I mean, just sitting here talking to you and the listeners today, mm-hmm. I can still feel that hug, how mm-hmm. powerful it was. Um, but that was a moment in our relationship. I thought the relationship was already okay, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't as strong as it needed to be mm-hmm. until we had a real conversation about some things that had built up. So I just say to the listeners, to all of our men, um, let's not take it for granted. You know, let's not just assume. Um, let's sit down with our kids and and even if we don't, feel that we've done anything wrong you know let's let's sit down and talk with our kids and give them the mic and give them an opportunity to share what's on their heart and no matter what it is receive it you know receive it for what it is um understand that they are entitled to their feelings Mm -hmm. um but you know we have to make ourselves vulnerable and bring our families back together and, and and keep them strong that's so good i'm so glad to hear you share that because you know an element of that too is um you know, you mentioned like we kind of fell out of communication or we go through these 
dry spells, yeah. right, in relationships. And a lot of men can start to think during that time that it's over or that they can't get back, right? They start to think that this is how it's going to be now. It's never too late. It's never. Right? You can always yes. just go back. Yes. It's, it's always as simple as it sounds and we make it complicated in our minds, right? If you've got a, if you've got a, a kid that maybe you're, you're out of relationship with, um, all you have to do to fix that is start talking to them yes. again. Yes. Right. And we see this happen in men's Alliance too. Like maybe a guy will have stopped coming to men's Alliance and he maybe hasn't been in like two months, maybe something he went through something personal or maybe his work schedule changed or something that kept him from coming. And they'll start to think, I can't go back. Mm. Right. It's like, of course you can. You just go back. Just go back. It's it's just as simple as it sounds, right? But I think a lot of times our pride can get in our way. It happens with church. You know, imagine oh, you know, yeah. you know, you miss one Sunday and one Sunday turns into a month and the month turns into two months and, and then, you know, I believe that, you know, Satan would tell us that you can't go back. You know, mm-hmm. or they're going to look at you funny. That's or right. People going to want to know where you've been or, yeah. you know, just go back. That's right. Just, just go, go back. back. <laughs> Whether you got out of shape. That's right. You just go back. Just go back. Right. You, you've been away from church, been away from your men's group, been Absolutely. away from your family. I think this is a, a message that we need to hear as men over and over because nobody's going to remain on a constant That's right. upward trajectory indefinitely. Right. We're all going to have downs. Just go back. We just got to keep getting back up every single time. Yeah, this is good stuff because I, I have a blended family. And, uh, you know, I have five daughters and, and one son. And I need help with them daughters, man. We all do. <laughs> I need help with the girls, <laughs> man. But, you know, you know, again, you know, my 18-year-old, we're a blended family as well. And um, the biggest thing I've learned through the years is, you know, we just have to put ourselves in position to talk to them. You know, and and just and even if we're not hearing what we would like to hear, keep you know, keep talking, you know, be present, you know, and um it means so much because it's easy for us to to be silent. You know, it's easy for us to go out to the garage and start working oh, on a yeah. project. Yep. You know, it's easy for us to, you know, just go off into our world and just start, you know, and, and then that time creeps in and, yeah. and before you know it, you know, miscommunication or no communication is happening go back just go back go back pick up and um and 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 don't blame you know just realize that you know we all fall short none of us are perfect um but i really want to do my best to get it right and i'm going to keep trying those are powerful words right i'm just going to do my best to get it right um this brings us right back to where you started with talking about being present yes right and so What's, what's just give like our listeners just a very simple way, um, whether they're husbands or fathers or in whatever relationship capacity that they're in, what's just a way that a guy can simply be present? What does that look like or sound like? Be yourself, you know, just be who you are, be who God has called you to be and understand that that, you know, I'm looking at goose, I'm looking at petals. Um, I'm not you, you're not me, you know, we all are made different, but we just have to be ourselves. Um, you know, I've come back just briefly to being a police chief, you mm-hmm. know, 
you know, I spent 30 years with Chesterfield County, and then I go down to Hopewell as an interim chief, and then I was blessed to get the job as, as the permanent chief. Um, there are a lot of chiefs out there, and all of us are different. And I have to understand that, you know, the way, you know, the chief over there, you know, everybody's built different. So yeah. what I say to all the listeners is we have to understand that God created us all as human beings. We're all different. Um, but as long as we keep God as our focus, um, God is going to touch our heart. You know, just be who we are. Just be who you are. Yeah. And not try to imitate someone else, not try to do it the way someone else does it. Just, you know. Yeah, that's so good. Um, we all we all have a mentor probably in our lives that we we have in our mind of this is this is how a leader sounds or this is what this is what a leader looks like or something like that and it, there's like that maturing process for most men i feel like it's kind of like a late 20s early 30s type of a deal where you start to realize like i don't look like that i don't sound like that and that's absolutely okay it's okay like i've got my own style god has uniquely equipped me i don't have to do it the way that's right the chief in another city does it right, right. i got my own style and we can apply that as husbands fathers absolutely absolutely chief i'm going to ask you uh one one final question here what book has impacted you profoundly um as either you you know as either a husband or a father or a leader or as just a christian man that you would like to share with our listeners. We're, we're big on uh, books and men's alliance, and um, we're always looking for good recommendations from men that we look up to. Well, I would like to recommend uh, a book authored by Jim Collins. It's known as Good to Great. Um, good to Great. When I came into Hopewell, that was a leadership book that I shared with my entire command staff. I purchased a copy and, and presented a copy to each one. And um, I would tell you, good to great, you know, understanding that Jim Collins talks about companies in the book. He talks mm -hmm. about businesses uh, to kind of make his example. But then he goes on to tell you that it's not really about any of those companies. You know, it's a mindset. A lot of companies uh, are good and, and they're OK with being good. You mm -hmm. know, they're comfortable with being good. Um, but in order to become great, um, there are some things that need to take place. Um, he talks about, you know, everybody says, get on the bus. And he, Jim Collins tells us that it's important to get the wrong people off the bus, you know, <laughs> get the right people on the bus. And then you have to make sure they're in the right seats, you know, before that bus can take off. Um, understanding that, you know, in order for us to move into greatness, um, we have to understand that there are certain things that have to be in place, you know, um, and we can't be complacent with just where we are. We have to want to be better, you know. So I would encourage our listeners, you know, if you're looking for a good leadership book, something that um, you can really tap into and walk with, um, good to great, you know. And again, there are a lot of good organizations out there, um, a lot of good people. Um, but to move into your greatness, have to understand that um, we have to be willing to grow and some people okay with just being good. Yeah, you know? man, that is a, that is a fantastic book. Um, I've read that years ago. You've made me want to reread it right yes. now, right? Um, as you mentioned that bus analogy, I was like, oh man, I forgot about that. I need to reread that. We will put this a uh, link to this book in our okay. show notes. If you're listening to this, 
you can just click on it in our show notes and find good to great, uh, fantastic book on leadership. Chief, I just want to thank you again so much for your time. This has been an amazing conversation with you. Love to have you back on the show some other time to hear more from you. Uh, thank you for your leadership in Chesterfield and in Hopewell. Well, I want to thank Men's Alliance. Uh, thank you, guys. Um, just thank you for what all you're doing to uh, just help bring men together. Um, help us to understand that God is in control and we just have to trust him. So, again, thank you. Stay encouraged and thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Pedals, thanks for being here. Thank you for what you're doing down in Hopewell, in Zulu Tribe. You know, I know that you're, you're impacting so many lives down there. You're impacting a lot of men, which in turn impacts their families, their communities, right? I know that 40th Tribe launched out of Zulu, yep. right? They're doing amazing. Too. So that's in Dinwiddie. So there's already been a tribe spun, spun off from Zulu down there led by Knuckles. And then those have led to the creation of Redemption Tribe, right. right? In the Chesterfield County Jail. So you look at how God used you. You came out of Delta Tribe, right? Yep. And then you started Zulu and then that in turn created... 40th and then that in turn created redemption so i think there's this great domino effect that we have as men too we don't always get to see it we don't always know it the way i just laid it out sometimes we just we just do our part and then we have no idea on this earth the effect that that had and then the effect that that had and the effect that that had but we can always rest assured that it absolutely is having an effect men men see what we do they see they hear what we say and um and that's just such an important part of men getting off the sideline god can use you whatever your past is and it's never too late never right too late. Just, just just go, go back. back just go back i love that it's been such a great theme thank you guys for listening and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon Thanks for listening to another episode of the Men's Alliance podcast. Find your tribe at mensalliancetribe.com, or maybe you're the man to start one in your area. And send us your questions or comments to info at mensalliancetribe.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to seeing you around the fire soon.